Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. You're listening to Sword in Hand Podcast, Bible-believing preaching emanating from Indian Gap Baptist Church deep in the heart of Texas. Definitely not politically correct, but glorifying Jesus Christ in every way. So let's join it in progress. Look at Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, look at, look at verse 1. Then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. When they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashing hands, they found fault. This morning I want to preach on five marks of a Pharisee. Five marks of a Pharisee. What I want to preach on this morning is I'm going to show you there's five different ways you can, you can spot a Pharisee. And we need to look for these marks, not only, in, and I'm not just pointing these marks out in a Pharisee for you to look at other people that might be pharisaical. I'm talking about these, we, we need to watch out that we don't have these marks in our own life. Because we can get that way. And I, we know we're that way. And as we go through these different marks of a Pharisee, I want to show you these. I want to make sure you check yourself and say, am I acting that way? Am I conducting myself that way? So the first question we need to ask is, what is a Pharisee? A Pharisee at that time was a religious leader. They were a religious leader that day, and they were really stickler about tithing and uh, ritual purity. They were really into to doing things exactly to the very T of the law, and they, they even made up their own law. You know, God's law wasn't hard enough. They had to make up a bunch of other laws, and this is, this is an example of it right here we're about to see. We would call them like the pastors of the day, the preachers of the day. And you know what you know about Jesus Christ is he spent a lot of time bashing these religious leaders, calling them hypocrites and snakes and venomous vipers. He called them all kinds of things. He was really getting on them. But we need to look at the different marks of a Pharisee. And there's the first one. It's found there in verse 2. Look, and when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say with unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands, oft eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. The first mark of a Pharisee is they find fault with others. They're always criticizing others. The first mark of a Pharisee you need to know is that they're going to find fault with others, always criticizing others. That's something we need to watch out in our own lives. And that's what a Pharisee will do. A Pharisee will find fault with everything around them and with everyone. And these Pharisees here, they're finding fault because they're not washing their hands and they're holding to the tradition of the elders. This is the tradition that you had to wash your hands, you had to wash the tables, you had to do all this. See, look, look at verse 4. And when they, came, when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. Little nitpicky things. They were little nitpicky things that they found fault with. Every little thing. And they were following Jesus Christ. And they were watching what his disciples did. And they saw that the disciples were eating before they washed their hands. And man, they started jumping all over. They found fault with that. Man, I see this in Christians all the time. All the time. I had a lady come up to me. And she was talking about another church. She goes, do you know, Brother Keegan, I was at that church. And they weren't wearing a tie when they did the Lord's Supper. So, so what? <laughs> We don't wear ties when we do the Lord's Supper here. You might say to yourself, well, I don't agree with that. Well, then go somewhere else. Go be a Pharisee somewhere else. I don't got time to hear you little nitpicking things about things, you know, and criticize it. And that's what a mark of a Pharisee does. It criticizes every little thing. You know, I was looking at this uh, research by the psychiatrist named David Fink. His name was David Fink. I think his middle name's Rack. 
I was just joking. But his name's David Fink, and he did a survey of 10,000 different people that had all these mental and nervous conditions. And they, they wanted him to try to figure out what was the one thing that somebody could do, or one, thing, one kind of solution that would keep people from being nervous and having all these mental problems and everything. You know what he came up back with? Something that really surprised a lot of people. He found out that the people that have the most nervous problems and mental conditions are those that criticize the most with a critical spirit. He said those people tend to have a whole lot more mental problems than critical spirit. Doesn't that kind of scare you a little bit? Now you know why we're all crazy. <laughs> Verse 5. Some of this stuff hits home. Then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? You know what Jesus Christ had done told them? It's not what you put in your mouth that defiles a man. It's what comes out of the mouth. Guys, you need to stop being so worried about I'm going to wash this and wash that and make sure this is clean and that's clean. You need to make sure what's coming out of your mouth is clean. You need to make sure your heart's clean. If you get your heart clean, all this other stuff will clean up itself. Verse 6, he answered and said unto them, Well, hath Isaiah prophesied, that's Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites. So I love the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, our Lord, you know, it's just, you're a hypocrite. How would you like that? How friendly would you be with a man if he's talking to you and he says, You know what, you're a hypocrite. That's what Jesus did. You hypocrites, you shouldn't call somebody a name. Jesus Christ called them names right to their face. This ain't the Joe Olstein Jesus that people want to hear. <laughs> Prophesied of you hypocrites as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. See, with this criticizing spirit that a Pharisee will have, he's checking out everybody else, he's criticizing everybody else, and the last thing he'll do is check himself, check his own heart. See, when you're criticizing other people, you're taking it off of you and you're putting it on other people. You need to take a look in the mirror. Just like the old preacher said, uh, what's wrong with this church is behind that door. And everybody was walking out the church and they'd look behind that door and behind that door was a mirror. Yeah. I'm here to tell you, Christian, if you're having problems in your life, I know what the problem is. Go look in the mirror. It's you. It's you. you you're doing something. I promise you that. How do you know, Brother King? Because I've been a Christian for many, many years. And the problems Brother Keegan have had comes back to Brother Keegan. If somebody's done something to me to hurt me, how's that my problem? Because I'm not handling it like I should. I'm not forgiving them like I should. Jesus told me to forgive them. Jesus told me to love my enemies. See how the problem, it always goes back to us. But when you're criticizing others, you're criticizing others, you're not looking at yourself. Uh, you know, they sing songs. I think Elvis even sang a song. I'm not sure, I know he's not the only one sang a song, but it's walk a mile in my shoes before you criticize me. You know, make, before you criticize me, walk a mile in my shoes. And that's true. The problem is we, don't, we criticize people, but we don't know the situation. We don't know what they're going through. We don't know what kind of upbringing they have. You know, we're so easy to criticize people. Look at the way they're living. Let's see how they're acting. Well, if you had parents like that, you might act that way too. You know, one of the uh, craziest guys in MMA, UFC fighting, his name's Chris Lieben. Every time he fights, he has a different hair color. The guy's a nutcase. I mean, he just looks like a crazy, insane asylum guy. And he was on the radio and he was telling a story. He said, when I was growing up, my mom and her boyfriend, they ran over a deer, deer in the car. They took the deer, they put it in the car, and they brought it home and put it in the garage for 10 days. Took their time before they would gut it. He goes to school. He says, I'm at school. I get in trouble at school. Big time trouble. He goes, I get sent home. My mom says, we're about to, we're gutting this deer. You're going to eat it for us and see if it's still good. That's going to be your punishment. 10 days. Guess what happened? He caught E. coli. He got put in the hospital and he almost died. And she, you know what she told him? That's your punishment. That's good enough. Then you wonder why he's a grown man wearing red and green and purple hair. You see where I'm going with this? 
If you had parents like that, you might act like a crazy nut too. Guys, a lot of times I know the reason why y'all, the reason why y'all are decent people is because you had decent parents that spanked you, whipped you, and wouldn't put up with your nonsense. And we need to, before we start criticizing other people, we need to say, hey, you know what? If I, I'd like to walk a mile in their shoes. You might not want to be in their shoes anymore. Amy. You know what else I know about criticizing? I've noticed that there's never a more gracious critic than one that's criticizing himself. Well, I'll sit here and criticize myself. You always find ways to make excuses to why you did the certain things you did, amen. We always find excuses like, well, you know, I did that because so-and-so did this and so-and-so did that. A great mark of a Pharisee is this. They find fault with others and they're always criticizing. How be it in vain, verse 7, how be it in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. They're trying to worship, they're trying to worship God and it's vain worship. Why? Because they're, what are they doing? They're teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. They're teaching these religious doctrines like there's something that God wants you to do. God wants you to wash your, your pot and pan. God wants you to wash the table. God wants you to wash your hands for you. God wants you to do all this stuff. He said, that's not what God said. That's a tradition of man. And you worship me in vain by doing it. See, they think, a Pharisee thinks that that's the way you worship, is doing all these little bitty things, these little religious ceremonies. And God doesn't work in little religious ceremonies. Please turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 5, please. Here's another mark of a Pharisee. And when the, his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. So he tells them, You need to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And these guys, these disciples, they're so spiritually ignorant, they're like, Oh, he's saying that because we forgot to take bread with us. And look what Jesus does when he rebukes them. In verse 8, Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no, no bread? Do ye not yet understand, neither remember the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? Neither the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many baskets ye took up? When you know what he's doing? He's reminding them. Like we need to be reminded of all the great things God's done for us. Amen. You know, and that's, that's, why, that's why he calls them out. Oh, he's getting on to us. We don't have no bread. Jesus Christ says, I've, I can make bread. What do, you, do you not forget that all the bread I did for you there? Do you not forget about the other time I made all that bread? And how many baskets did we take up after I made all that bread? Why are you worried about bread? That's what we do as Christians. We forget the great things God's done for us. If we have that attitude like the world has. What have you done for me lately? That's a world's attitude. Ungrateful. They forget the things they're not supposed to forget. Verse 11. How is it that you do not understand that I, I spake it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? And then verse 12, it says, Then understood they how that he bade them not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. So another mark of a Pharisee is they have false doctrine. Another mark of a Pharisee is they have a false doctrine. Doctrine. Listen, guys, if someone, can't, if someone tells you something that they believe about, the, about God or about Jesus Christ, and they can't give you a chapter and a verse out of this Bible, then you just ignore them. You forget it. You have people, if people come up to you and say, well, you know, God, blah, 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 this, or Jesus Christ, la, 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 that, then you say, where's that in the Bible? And you know what? I'm not saying be rude. We're not trying to be rude. We're saying, well, where is that? I've never seen that. Will you show it to me? You'll be amazed how half the time, or not half the time, most of the time, they can't give you words at in the Bible. Well, I just know the Bible says it. Well, where is it at? I had a woman one time, this is years ago. Years ago, she was saying that babies, when they die, they go to a place, and they're a little, a little holding place. She's talking about purgatory. And they stay there until after so long, and then these little babies are took out of this holding place. I said, what? I said, where is that in the Bible? She goes, it's in there. I said, where is it at? Show it to me. Well, I don't know, but it's in there. Ignore people like that. 
Because it's not in there, guys. When somebody gives you stuff like that, it's a chapter and verse. That's where false doctrine starts at. False doctrine starts when they take it out, they get away from the Word of God and they start making up their own traditions. That's what a Pharisee, that's what the Pharisees were doing, remember, back in Mark 7. And that's what Jesus Christ is one of them says, beware of this stuff. Beware of the way that is. Because false doctrine will lead you astray. If they can't show you a chapter and verse, then don't believe it. And guys, whatever you believe, listen to me, whatever you believe about Jesus Christ, you need to be able to show a chapter and verse. I'm not getting on to you, but you need to know your Bible. You need to defend yourself. You need to be able to defend yourself. If a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon came knocking on your door and they asked you why you believe like you do, are you, you going to be able to open up verses? Now, you're not going to not be, able to, oh, be able to open up all the verses, amen. We should have a good idea where you could go to find where you're saved by grace. I hope you can. If you can't, you need to find out. Get with me. Get with somebody. Study it. Why? It's the most important thing. You're basing, you're basing your eternal life on this stuff and you don't know where it's at. You need to find it, you need to study it, you need to research it. Look at Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why were they more noble? And that they received the word, the word of God, with all readiness of mind, and look, and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Holy Spirit says these guys were more noble. Why? Because when Paul was preaching it, they would take the word of God and they would search the scriptures daily, 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 whether those things were so. When somebody told them something about Jesus Christ, they went in here looking to see if it was right and searched it daily. A mark of a Pharisee doesn't do that. A mark of a Pharisee has false doctrine. You trust the Bible and you take the Bible as your final authority and it'll clear up all that mess, every bit of that mess that you're getting into. Turn back to Matthew 16, please. And you take a little bit of leaven, it makes the whole, le- the whole lump leavened. And what Jesus Christ is saying is a little bit of false doctrine makes it all messed up. Listen, let me give you an example of that. Because he says, beware of this leaven. You can't take a little bit of works and add it to grace. It's no longer grace. It's either grace or works. You can't say, well, I'm saved by grace, but you've got to be baptized. That's works. Even if it's a little bit of a work, that's still work. It don't, you, it don't work that way. You can't leaven it up. You can't put that little bit of leaven in there. It's got to be unleavened. It's got to be clean. It's got to be all true doctrine. Because a little bit of false doctrine will lead you way astray. Look at verse 1. Matthew chapter 16, verse 1. Look at verse 1. The Pharisees also with the Sadducees came, and tempting him, desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning... It will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowing. Oh, you hypocrites. There he is calling somebody a hypocrite again to their face. You can discern the face of the sky. Can you not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left them and departed. So the third mark of a Pharisee is they're looking for a sign. They're seeking for a sign. See that in verse 1? That he would show them a sign from heaven. So one of the great marks of a Pharisee is they're always looking for a sign. You've got to watch this stuff in yourself. God, give me a sign. Show me a sign. Give me a sign. Show me a sign. There's a lot of people that live off signs. They've got to have a sign. They've got to have miracles done. They've got to have somebody's being healed. They've got to have somebody speaking in tongues. They've got to have all these signs. And if there's no signs, then God's not moving in their eyes. And guys, that's just not right. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. There's only one sign given to you. Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. 
That's the sign. That's the sign of the prophet Jonas. The sign of the prophet Jonas was Jonas was three days and three nights in the belly of the well. So shall the son of man be three nights and three days in the heart of the earth. That's the sign God's given you. That Jesus Christ went down, was buried, and he came forth. That's your sign. That's the only sign you need. That's the sign to show that Jesus Christ is who he says he is and who he said he was. And he's resurrected and he has eternal life. He said, I am the resurrection. He came forth. I am life. He is life. He's going to give that to you. That's your sign and you need to believe from that sign right there. That's the only sign God's going to give you. Don't expect any other signs. Don't live off of signs. Pharisees live off signs. Here's another way a Pharisee lives off a sign. Well, I just don't feel like it. Or I just don't feel good today. Or I don't feel a certain way. I don't feel like God loves. That's a sign. Feelings are signs. You're supposed to take the word of God off your, uh, more than your feelings. The root of our salvation is not feelings, guys. It's faith. Your salvation is by faith, not by feelings. And don't be looking for signs like that. You think I get up every day and say, oh, it's a marvelous day. The hills are alive. You know, I don't get up like that. I get up on the bad side of the bed all the time. I get up and I think, God, I think you've got a dark cloud over me today. Things are going bad. But you know what? That doesn't change my faith in Jesus Christ. You know, I just come off one of the worst vacations a man could have. Cars breaking down, tires blowing up, flats. I had all this horrible stuff happen to me. I wasn't out there in the middle going, there is no God. Because I don't feel like he's loving me now. <laughs> you know what I did? What am I doing wrong? It makes me get closer to God. Because I'm like... Man, Lord, what am I doing? And I'm trying to check myself. Okay, let me go down the list. Yeah, I've done that, I've done that. There's a lot of repenting to do. There's a lot of repenting to do. See, I'm looking for, I'm just hoping that God ignores me and doesn't give me a sign like that. Because see, in my life, in Christian life, when God gives me a sign, it's not a miracle or a wonder. It's a sign of a whipping. That's the kind of signs Brother Keegan gets. The sign of the belt. Amen, brother. Mark of this Pharisee is they're looking for a sign. And what's, that, what's the problem with that, Brother Keegan? They're living by sight and not by faith. You're supposed to be living by faith and not by sight. Just live by faith. You're not always going to feel right. You're not always going to feel like everything's going right. You're not always going to feel like God's right there. But you just keep on trucking along. You keep on keeping on. You keep on living by faith. Don't be like a Pharisee. i got to have a sign. They, they, go to church. they feel like the Holy Spirit's not moving unless they go into a church and people are running around and falling out in the floors and, and, and talking in tongues and seeing people healed and doing all that. It don't always work, guys. We don't always come up here. and it, it, The singing's not always loud, amen. amen. Sometimes I get up here and I, I sing and I don't feel like singing. But I sing anyway because I know the Lord wants me to try to sing. But man, there's times I get up here, woo. I could sing all day long and I just get so excited for the Lord. You take the good with the bad and you get to heaven. I'm just on my way. I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm not looking for a sign. God don't have to come down and give me a sign. I, it's a wicked and adulterous generation that seeketh after a sign. That's one of the great marks of a Pharisee, looking for signs. Look at Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. I've got two more. Matthew chapter 9, verse 32. It says, As they went out, behold, they brought to him a dumb man possessed with the devil. Now that dumb man, that, that's dumb man as in dumb man he can't speak, not, not a politician up in Washington, D.C. Get that straight. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. Yeah, Jesus Christ is amazing. There's no doubt about that. Verse 34. But the Pharisees, uh-oh, the Pharisees said, he casteth out devils through the prince of devils. The fourth mark of a Pharisee is he's jealous over another man's ministry for God. That's the fourth mark of a Pharisee. 
See, Jesus Christ was doing a great ministry here. And he's doing great things for God. And when the Pharisees seen it, they were so jealous. They said, oh, he's only doing that by the devil. And guys, I'm here to tell you, being a pastor, pastors are jealous of each other. It's, it's bad. It's real, real bad. You see a lot of jealousy among pastors. You run into, I run into other preachers and pastors. How many people do you have? How many people do you have? How many baptisms you have last year? They just want, that's, it's all about numbers. So that's what I like to do. How many people do you have? Oh, 150. Really? Out there? No, I'm lying to you. In other words, I'm not going to tell you. When you preach Jesus Christ out of the Word of God, you're not going to have 5,000 people. Have you not read John chapter 6? The end of John chapter 6, Jesus Christ is preaching, and he's preaching hard. And the people that were following said, who can, who, can, who can accept these hard sayings? And it said, from that point on, many of his disciples left him. Why? They couldn't take it. They couldn't take it. You can't preach this word of God. You can't, you're not going to have 5,000 because you're going to offend a lot of people, aren't you? I mean, that's just the way it is. You read this and it offends people. People get offended that he's calling them hypocrites. I know that. People get offended by this stuff. The problem with these Pharisees is simple. They didn't have a lot of love for other people. They're not full of love. When they seen that dumb man who was dumb probably from birth, that couldn't speak, when they seen him start speaking and get healed up, instead of being excited for this man and having love for this man, like, man, that's great, this guy can finally talk, this guy can finally walk, this guy can finally see all the miracles, instead of being excited for the people that are getting healed, they can only have jealousy for the one that's doing it. Look at Luke chapter 19 in closing. Luke chapter 19, verse 36. Here is the last mark. of. There's lots of marks of Pharisees, but this is only five of them. And this is the fifth mark of a Pharisee. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. Now, Jesus Christ is on the donkey. He's on the colt of, full of an ass. He's being brought in to Jerusalem triumphantly as a king. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. All these people that are in front of him, the disciples and the bunch of people that were following him. Verse 37, when he was come nigh even unto now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. They're praising God and shouting and hollering and they're getting really excited for the Lord because of all the mighty works they had seen. And see, that's what's happened in my life, or maybe it's happened in your life. Sometimes we don't sing as loud as we should. Sometimes we don't sing at all because we forgot about the mighty works that God's done in our lives. We get forgetful. You know, if you just think back just what the Lord's done in your life, it'd make you want to sing. Because these songs we sing, these songs are sung about Jesus Christ. It should get you excited. And that's what they're doing for all the mighty works they had seen. Saying, Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven. Glory in the highest. Uh Uh-oh, and some of the Pharisees... From among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. The fifth and final thing I want to show you about a mark of a Pharisee is they hate, they hate when Jesus Christ gets the glory. They hate when Jesus Christ gets the glory. It's all about Jesus Christ then. It's all about Jesus Christ in the past and the future. It's all about Jesus Christ in your life right now. It's not about Indian Gap Baptist. It's not about Pastor Keegan or Brother Keegan or it's not about anybody else. It's all about Jesus Christ. It's not about you. It's not about the Southern Baptist Convention. It's not about the Pope. It's not about Obama. It's not about the United States government. It's not about China or Russia. It's only all about Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ gets all the glory. And if you ever hear anybody that starts demoting Jesus Christ, starts putting Jesus Christ down another notch or two, I'm telling you those people are full of the devil. And when they come to the door and I'll knock the Jehovah's Witness and I'll, that's what I hit them on. I hit them on. You don't think Jesus is the Son of God. Well, I don't think he was God in the flesh, full of the devil. Anybody who takes Jesus Christ and starts trying to bring him down a notch like the Mormons do and the Jehovah's and some of these other different people, they're full of the devil. 
Because Jesus Christ is King of kings. Jesus Christ is Lord of lords. He's right here. He's everything God wants to do is through Him. Salvation's through Him. The creation's through Him. The future is through Him. Eternity is through Him. The resurrection is through Him. It's all through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. You can't glorify Jesus Christ enough. You can't lift Jesus Christ up enough. He shed his blood for you. It wasn't Muhammad. It wasn't Buddha. It wasn't nobody else. It's all about Jesus Christ. If you're coming into this church for any other reason but for Jesus Christ, you're coming in here for the wrong reason. You should be coming in here for Jesus Christ because you want to hear Jesus Christ glorified. You want to hear Jesus Christ preached. Lift it up. You want to hear more about Jesus Christ. You want to know more about Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus Christ. And a Pharisee hates that. A Pharisee hates it when Jesus Christ gets all the glory. And guys, I'm here to tell you, God is going to give him all the glory. He wants him to have all the glory. And Jesus Christ, oh, I love our Lord and Savior Jesus. I love Jesus Christ. He's such a man's man. And he says things that are just... Amazing. Look what he says here in verse 40. Jesus answered this stupid Pharisee and said, He answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. I love it, man. I love that. Don't you understand, guys? Don't you understand that they can take us and they can kill us? They can take us and they can throw us in a prison and lock away the key, throw the key... Dust their hands and say, I'm done with all these nasty Christians. I'm done with all this Bible-thumping Christians. And they can go and they can sit on their couch and they can watch Bruce Jenner, the wonder transgender, whatever they're going to watch on TV. And they say, I'm done with them. And then they will hear a voice outside of, what's that noise? Do you hear that noise? And they might get up and they might go outside and they'll keep hearing this little noise. And it'll get even louder. And louder. And they'll go over to the rocks and they'll pick up a rock and they'll get that rock and they'll hear that rock going, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. It's going to be coming from the rocks, my friends. It says when Jesus Christ comes back, it says the mountains will start singing. The hills will be alive with the sound of music. It said the trees will take their hands and clap them together. The trees, the whole creation is going to be glorifying Jesus Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords. It's all about him. The rocks are going to sing. The trees are going to sing. We'll be singing. It'll be so glorious when Jesus Christ comes in. And Jesus Christ told that stupid Pharisee, I'm here to tell you, you could shut them up and the stones would immediately cry out. You can't shut up the truth that I'm King of kings and Lord of lords. And I'm going to rule this world with a rod of iron. You can't get away from that. It's all about Jesus Christ. And anything else is stupid. I ran into this Messianic Jew. God bless him. And if you know how Jews are, they're just real straight talkers, aren't they? And I said, uh, I heard you're a Messianic Jew. And yes, I said, you, so you think Jesus Christ is Savior, as your Savior? He said, son, I need to tell you something. I said, yes, sir. He said, Jesus Christ plus anything else is horse manure. But he didn't say horse manure. <laughs> A little vulgar, but right. Yeah. A little vulgar, but right. Jesus is it. 
Period. You're finding Jesus in Genesis 1. You're finding Jesus in Revelation chapter 21. You're going to find Jesus all through the Bible in every place. And God is pointing the world to Jesus Christ. And a Pharisee is going to get jealous over that. A Pharisee is going to hate the glory that Jesus Christ is getting. A Pharisee is going to criticize anybody that's doing something for Jesus Christ. A Pharisee is going to do all these things. He's going to have false doctrine. You need to check yourself and say, I don't want to act like a Pharisee. The total opposite of acting like a Pharisee is putting it all on Jesus Christ. Amen. It's Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said of the Holy Ghost, he said, he'll only speak of me. Linda was sweet enough to lend me a book about the Terrellites and how they were going out. And our brother David Terrell was going out preaching and doing all these different things. And one of the things I noticed, and he's the one I noticed that he always says, Holy Ghost Revival. Holy Ghost Revival. Well, I can tell you right now, he's not of the Lord. What do you mean, Brother Keegan? Because it's not about the Holy Ghost. It's not a Holy Ghost Revival. It's a Jesus Christ Revival. You know, that's why when you see these old preachers like Brother uh, Roloff, he didn't, and his big old tent revivals. You know what happened? He didn't have Holy Ghost revival on the outside of the tent. You know what he had on the outside of his tent? Jesus is the answer. Because he is the answer to whatever question you have. Jesus is the answer. Amen. We need to make sure we're not having any of these marks on our lives. And you know what Paul said about when you see people like this? He said in Romans chapter 16, verse 17, mark them and avoid them. You see somebody's demoting Jesus Christ. You see somebody's getting jealous over Jesus Christ. You see somebody's criticizing somebody doing something for Jesus Christ. You better mark them and you better avoid them. Amen. Get away from them. Amen. Get around people that love Jesus Christ. We might be stupid. We might not know our whole Bible. We might be ignorant. We might not dress right. But one thing I know is we love Jesus Christ. Amen. And I don't care if you come. You don't have to come into this church with a tie on or with a suit on or any of that other junk, any of this nonsense, this pharisaical nonsense. Just come into church and glorify Jesus Christ with me. Amen. That's what we're going to do. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall at Indian Gap Baptist Church. I got a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you'd go to heaven? Do you realize the Bible says you can know that you have eternal life? And Jesus Christ encouraged us in John chapter 3, verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Are you saved? Jesus says, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Have you believed in the name of Jesus Christ? Romans chapter 10, verse 13 tells us, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can you think of a time you called on Jesus Christ to save you? Well, if you haven't, friend, I encourage you to get down on your knees and pray, as admit you're a sinner, and ask Jesus Christ to save you the best way you know how. And I'm here to tell you that He will save you. Now, if you prayed that prayer, or if you'd like to get a hold of us, contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com, IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time, God bless.